Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from pregame.com for week of December 23rd. I'm your host, Marco D'Angelo, 30 years in the business. I'm joined by Vegas Runner, the one and only professional sports gambler featured on the CNBC Special on Sports Gambling. Thank you. How you doing, Vegas never Runner? Never better. I never even thought of it that way, Marco. Thank you. This is segment one of six, and it's a big game preview. We're going to take a look at the Emerald Bowl between Boston College and Southern Cal, as we always do. Oh, wait a minute. There's an empty seat. The seat's empty. The seat is empty. Our, regu- our regular host, R.J. Bell, is not here today. I, you know, it's, I don't know. Is, is he away for the holidays? Well, he, he is away for the holidays, but, you know, I am the GM of picks. And this show is about picks. You run it. And, you know, I mean, I'm looking the records over, and the one thing we strive here at pregame is we don't settle for, you know, mediocre. No, no. You, not you at all. You could be mediocre elsewhere, not okay. here. Okay. You know, in our free pick section, you know, Vegas runner, depending on when you bet last week's game, your pick, you're 10 and 2, 10, 2 and 1, or 10 and 3. Right. I'm 13 and 4. Whoo. And RJ's. Seven and seven. Oh, so with that's Vig, a good drink. With, it's a good drink. With Vig, with Vig, you're losing. But we just we can't tolerate that. So. Not on the video. No, maybe so, maybe on the audio, but, but, but not video. Not, so not seven and Vegas seven, runner and camera. myself, we we had to make it. We had to make a decision. You know, I mean, it's majority rule here. It's three of us, right? And we're two thirds of it. So RJ's so, now in Ohio working on his mechanics. We got right. We right, got him. To, do we have live? Do we have live? We're gonna go live, let's live go on live location to on RJ Ohio. working on his mechanics. And let's check in on RJ Bell. Brandon, can you get that link for us? That was what, wonderful. What? What? what do, you, do, you, do you think we'll let? Should we let him back on the show next week? Next week. Next week. We'll let him back. Week. He'll well, back you know, for the New Year's. For New Year's. For you know, everyone I, gets I, a, I, Everyone gets a clean slate on New Year's. But everyone gets the start okay, fresh on we'll, New Year's. We'll let him go. But you know what? This could because as of 2010, he'll be on. as of 2010, he'll be at 100%. Okay, he'll be 0 and 0. His so, do, well, okay, we'll do that. We'll let him we, back on for the wanna, new year. That's what we don't want to put the pressure on him to have to finish that, 2009 with a losing exactly, record. Exactly, exactly. You know, here now you could. That's say, why they feature now. You on you, CNBC. Now you could say you got a couple <clears> of those. Seven wins or seven losses at even money or plus 105, maybe. Yeah, okay. So you maybe didn't even lose money betting his free plays. All right. Well, you know, I guess we had enough fun with RJ Bell this week. What do you, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, let's, let's, let's talk BC USC. Okay, let's get to it. You, you know, payback's going to be a bitch next oh, week. Oh, I can't for us. wait. I can't wait. <laughs> this is the Emerald Bolt, correct? They're it playing is. it in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, USC opened up eight point favorite. With a total of 46 and a half. As of this morning, USC's down to seven and a half. Not much of a dip because it's not a key number yet. But the total has taken a significant drop down to the key total of 44. So definite money coming in on the under from the wise guys. Public doesn't bet this early on bowls, but I will tell you, 
any bets they have taken from the public seem to have come in on the over yeah. um, in this game. But look, myself breaking it down for the show, these defenses are tops in the nation, at least in points allowed. I mean, talk about not allowing points on the board. You got Boston College 18th in college football and USC 23rd. So these are two of the top 25 defenses in points allowed in the nation going against each other. And the one thing I want to add about bowl games, you'll see a lot of them Eight and four versus eight and four, nine and three versus nine and three, because the bowls are, are are pretty much created with teams of of exact records to meet each other more Second or less. Second place finishers, exactly, third place finishers exactly. In this what you need to do, what you got to do, is go back and look at the strength of schedule for each of yeah. these teams, because there's a lot of difference between an eight and four and an eight and four many times, and this is one of those cases. USC with the sixth strongest schedule in college football. You, uh, where Boston College is 45th in the country, and against top 30 teams, Boston College is 0-4. So uh, that's why they're getting eight, seven and a half points, and they're both coming in with the same exact record. Well, the other thing that you got to look at in bowl games, now we're taping this on Wednesday before Christmas, right. so there's already a few bowl games in the books. True. And if you guys listen to what we told you about the early bowls and the dogs, oh, yeah. you made money. Because already ahead, yeah. Wyoming, we, we you know we talked about Fresno State was their goal, to, you know, to be in a bowl game the first Saturday, exactly. The first Saturday against bowl, Wyoming, yeah. against Wyoming, yeah. <laughs> Wyoming was the motivated team. They got they got the money. Is you know RJ always asked me, Marco, what's the one thing that jumped out at you in this game? Well, the one thing that jumped out. When is the last time USC, that Southern yeah. Cal played a bowl game that wasn't either the national championship? Or the Rose Bowl. Or, 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 again, not on New Year's Day. I mean, the odds makers, the, the BCS, not the BCS, but the AP poll, the USA Today poll, all got it wrong. The odds makers had USC the third best team in the country preseason coming in. Mm-hmm. And, and remember, they didn't want to bring them down. I mean, they had to totally get beaten um, for them to adjust for USC. And you know how much we know LVSC loves this USC team. Right. And even now, they still got him at 25th in the country. BCS got him at 24th. Where, where does the motivation come? The other part is they don't even travel out of the state. Now, I know they always play in the Rose Bowl, but it's the Rose Bowl. That's yeah. a big game. They're going to play in the San Emerald Fran, Bowl yeah. in San Francisco. I just don't know how Pete Carroll gets this team motivated to play in this game now granted you know talent wise southern cal's got more talent yeah of course you know up and down the schedule but boston college they've got one advantage they've already faced a pro style offense this year when they played notre dame so they're going to be a little bit better prepared and they held their own against that yeah, notre they dame they held notre dame to 20 points yeah, that's yeah. one of the fewest lowest Point yeah, totals yeah. that Notre Dame had this year. That offense was... Yeah, even when they lost, they put yeah. up points. So, you know, coming in here, uh, Boston College, you talked about their defenses. They've held six straight opponents to 106 yards rushing or less. In, in the ACC, they, they do yeah. like, to, they like to run the ball. So, I mean, it's a difference in conferences for sure. But if you, you take that equal, you know, the equalizer in this is the, the motivation for Southern Cal. And here's a stat that uh, it's not happened that often, um, you know, in the last 10 years or so, it's only, they've only been in this situation seven times, but Southern Cal has lost all seven. 
USC is 0-7 against the spread as, um, in road games in the month of December. Now, normally their bowl games are in January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those, all those don't go. So really the only games that this would apply to is whenever they would play UCLA that right, last right, right. you know that last season. Saturday yeah, yeah, yeah. if it was in December or an early bowl game that, which is what we have what we here. got right here I'm interested to see how these quarterbacks um, play this game because we're looking at uh, one is a situation that's pretty rare for a bowl game you got two freshmen going at it I mean obviously one's touted as one of the best ever to come out of high school football. Absolutely. I mean, the kid Barkley, from what I heard, the high school he went to, a junior has never started. Mm -hmm. Never started. And this kid walked on as a freshman and started as quarterback right. for their high school. So, I mean, you know, he's bred to be a stud. But I wasn't impressed by him this year. 58% completions, 13 touchdowns, 12 INTs. And they said he was interception prone in high school. So I, I saw that continue this year. And with the running game that, that Boston College, I mean, that um, USC had going early on at least, um, I was surprised he didn't do a lot better than he did. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be a chance. I think this Shinsky kid from BC is going to want to come out and showcase his skills because his stats are right there with Barclays. So mm -hmm. I'm really interested to, to compare the quarterbacks well, in that game. we got to wrap this up uh no official free kick. I really don't. I really don't. Yeah. I, if anything, Slight, right now, if they were playing lean. tonight, I'd have to take the dog. I'd yeah. have to take the Same points. with me. Slightest of leans to Boston College. Um, this is going to uh, wrap up this segment. Next up, we'll be previewing in the NFL, right. Houston at Miami. And remember, you can download all of our videos at pregame.tv, or if you want to download and listen, Go to iTunes and search for pregame.com. This is segment two of six, and we're going to preview the Miami Dolphins and the Houston Texans. It's Houston at Miami, as we always do. Let's go to Vegas Runner and game. look at the numbers. Very interesting game. Uh, both seven and seven, so this is huge. Um, this one opened up Miami as a three-point home favorite. With the total 46, and it's now Miami 3, but plus $1.05. So to t get the 3 now with Houston, you got to lay 125, and the total's down to 45. So a little money come in on the under, and it looks like some money on, on the Miami side. Um, I was a little surprised because looking at the odds makers' ratings, um, they have Miami as about one and a half point better than Houston on a neutral field. So you factor in home, you know, the home field edge, and you would make Miami then at least four, if not four and a half, but you know, probably four because it's such a meaningful game. So I was a little surprised they opened at three, and if anything, per now it's pretty much two and a half. Right. Um, before I get into this game, uh, I want to get to a little. Uh, Give some of the RJ's money away. Oh, go we ahead, always, go out. We, we always we get wrapped up in the <laughs> game, and then we forget, it, and we it. forget to give the give money it away. away. Give it away. And uh, it's Christmas, so what we're going to do is uh, ten dollars. You get you go to the pregame uh, pros, pick whatever you want to buy, put it in your shopping cart. And when you get to the shopping cart, enter this coupon code Xmas ten four letters X M A S in the number ten Xmas ten. 
you're going to get $10 off anything you buy at pregame. And as we always say, <laughs> if, it costs, if it's cost $10, <laughs> it's free, baby. <laughs> and that's uh, courtesy of R.J. Bell. Now, uh, looking at this game, first thing, you know, whenever I sat down and looked at it, I got to admit, like you, when I saw the number of three Miami, um, I, I thought that looked low. You know, and I'm thinking that uh, Vegas is, you know, trying to get, you know, to take the Miami side here because, you know, Houston, although they won last week and Miami lost, Houston did not look good in winning last no, and week. And they finally won. I mean, Houston finally won two straight games. But, I mean, look at the opponents. It was Seattle and St. Louis, the NFC West's worst right. teams. So, I mean, you know, what did they really accomplish by beating them? Can you say they're, you know, they're back? You and they, know, and they only it. got by St. Louis 16-13, who's been one of the dregs of the, the NFL this season. And Miami forced Tennessee into OT. And, and Miami just came off of beating New England. They went into Jacksonville and beat Jacksonville. You know, um, the thing that I, I want to point out that, that stuck out to me the most as a handicapper on that level was that Miami has to be a pretty tired team. They've played four of their last five games on the road and six of the last eight. So over the last eight weeks, eight games, you know, they probably had the buy in there. Six of those games were on the road. So I mean, this it has to get you tired a little bit, and yet they're they're still sitting at seven and playing and seven. their best ball. I think. Yeah, I I think that uh, Miami, although you know they had great success last year, once they had the injury to Pennington at the beginning of the season, they had to figure that this season was going to be yeah know, yeah sure you know, sure be in the you know just be in the toilet. But Chad Henney's played much better than anybody expected him to play. And uh, they're doing very well with the, uh, you know, the running game. That's their bread and butter, you know. And not only just the Wildcat. It's, it's the running game as a whole. Ricky, it done. You know, it's not Ricky all Roy the trickery. Is, is, that's he's, having, he's having, you know, oh, one of his better years. It's like he's been reborn this year. So it's an interesting ball game. I look at it. The one thing that concerns me about the Miami Dolphins, and again, last week they got themselves in a deep hole against Tennessee and then they battled back to tie it late, uh, made the two-point conversion, and then Tennessee win it on a, a game-winning field goal. But Miami's just turning the ball over yeah. lately. In their last four games, they've got 12 turnovers. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's going to bite you. That's you, gonna you, bite can't win, you. Yeah, you can't, you can't win, win in the like NFL. Uh, on the flip side, the Houston team, uh, their passing game offensively Dude, has the been the second clicking. best in the NFL. Their last six games, they're averaging over 300 yeah, yards. They're, they're a game. two. They're two in passing yards and and you know in scoring. I believe in the in the NFL offense in, passing. I mean, defensively, they've held nine of their last 12 opponents to less than 100 yards rushing. So you know, me looking at the game here, um, my initial lead, even though Miami is coming back off a good looking loss. I think I got to agree with you that the schedule they've played has got to start to take its toll. And although I don't have an official play on this game, uh, I've got to lean to Houston plus the points here. I think Vegas was inviting you to take Houston when they set this line up uh, at three. I would not have thought any differently if this game would have come out three and a half. Not, not at all. Because Miami returning home off a good-looking loss, face it, Tennessee next to Indianapolis and San Diego 
is the hottest team in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, they, you're, they, you're absolutely right. Since Vince Young's, you know, come aboard, Tennessee had only lost, you know, one game, and that was to the undefeated Colts. And Miami went in there and almost beat Tennessee. And Houston being having the second best passing offense. If there's one weakness this Miami defense has, it's against the pass. They're 23rd in the NFL, and they just give up too many points for me. I, you know, I, They're 24th in points allowed defensively, and I think against this Houston team, you know, they're going to test you on the scoreboard. You're going to have to put up points to beat t- Houston. You're not going to keep them off the scoreboard, and I think that's why we're looking at 46. I actually want to make Houston my free pick. Mm-hmm. Like, you even helped convince me mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. that this was the uh, one of the signs that I was leaning for on the free pick. And right now, I'm actually thinking, do I want to make this an official free pick? <laughs> I, I like Houston that much right now uh, with us discussing this. Well, game. you know, as RJ says, you got to make a decision, sir. Let's do it. Houston, plus three. This is a surprise. I had it ready for another cop for the college bowl game. This, so this is unscripted right here. A VR move. I'm going to get on the phone and put this bet in as soon as we break after this. Because I bet every play I give out, usually on my drive up here. Anyway, make a long story short. Houston, plus three. Is the free pick of the week? What am I? I'm 10-2-1 or 10-3. Um, the reason I didn't give it, usually these plays make my premium card. But the reason Pittsburgh didn't make my premium card is because when it went to two, two and a half, and then the wise guy steamed it up to three, it was sharp money behind that move. I thought it lost the value. Um, so I couldn't make it a premium play. And when we were here Wednesday and I gave it out, it was one. And I right. thought there it was a winner. It, it wasn't a winner. It pushed. So I'm either 10-2-1. and one. If you bet it late, you lost, obviously, 10-3. and three. But this week it's Houston, brother. All what right. a surprise. No surprise. Houston plus the three. Yes, sir. That's the official free pick from Vegas Runner. You've got a lean from me on Houston. And y'all, but this has been a power-packed uh, segment. you got a coupon, <laughs> too. Yeah, you coupon. Got the free pick. Houston, I just want to add, these teams played three straight years, 2006, 2007, 2008. Houston's beaten them straight up and against the spread every time, but by a combined six points. So in that kind of game, if you're going to give me points, VR is grabbing it. And uh, we're going to take Houston here. I like them. All right. You you, you sold it. I I pushed you over the edge. You did. You did. Because the future line, I didn't give it out earlier, was Miami 2. And now, you know, it's three. We're even getting a point more than we would have early on. There's value there. All right. Well, there there you have it. Good segment. Another good segment. Next up will be a big game preview. We're going to take a look at, uh uh-oh, Baltimore at Pittsburgh coming, coming up next. What a game. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. This is segment three of six. Big game preview. We're going to look at Baltimore at Pittsburgh. What a game. (laughs) What's the numbers? Ready for the number? This one opened up. Pittsburgh is a two-point home favorite with a total of 39. As of today, it's either two and a half or three plus 110. So if you want to get three with Baltimore, you're going to have to play 130. I've seen 125s out there as well. Um, so if you're going to take Pittsburgh, you could take the plus money and lay the three or 
only two and a half. The total's gone up to 42 from 39. So that's a significant move, especially when you factor in that in their first meeting, they only scored 37 points. Although it did go over the total of 35 for the game. It was that Sunday night affair. Dennis Dixon at the controls, first time starting an NFL game, and there was 37 combined points scored. There's so many different twists and turns in this game. Um, you know, I'm Mr. Pittsburgh, and I, I hit last week. I used the play on the Pittsburgh game. Uh, we had, we're now 48 and 22 on Pittsburgh games, uh, going with and against over and unders. I had right. the over in the game last week, and I really didn't decide till late in the week what I was doing with that game. Uh, I had to wait out the weather for one, which again, as we said in a previous podcast, this time of the year. You gotta be sure to check weather oh, conditions. Oh, sure, especially. I mean, just look. It's the headline on CNN. I mean, yeah. that's how big the storms are right now. But I can tell you, looking at this game, like you know, RJ says, what's the one thing that jumps out at you when you you look at this game? And the first thing that jumped out to me is the fact that Pittsburgh won last week. They won, you know, on the last play of yeah. the game, miraculous play by Ben. The the defense has still got problems, and that's why I had the over last week. But the average better, this is what concerns me, is he going to look at this game and say, because Pittsburgh got the win last week, and they're going to go back to that first game when Ben didn't play. Yeah, with Dixon. That they almost They should have won the game. They should have won That would have been four straight against Baltimore, because if you remember last year, right. they swept Baltimore all three games. With they in played the playoffs, in the, they knocked them out of the playoffs They played as in well. the AFC Championship Exactly. Game. These two teams hate one another. There's, I don't know if there's two teams in the NFL that dislike each other more than Pittsburgh and Baltimore. And Baltimore, I can tell you, would love nothing better oh, than to, to, end their season. to come into Pittsburgh, into Heinz Field, and slit their throats and end the and, season end officially. Right there, because yeah. the next loss officially ends that, it for Pittsburgh. That's, that's what worries me too, Marco. Like I, I need to find what's the public perception. So far, I'll tell you. The books are getting both ways on this game. You know, I, I know 90% of the action comes in that the day before and the, that the day of the games. But, I mean, any, anyone you talk to, one guy's going to like Pittsburgh, the other guy likes Baltimore. So I think the books are going to be fine, and this is the game they're going to do well. I even think the total's going to end up, you know, both ways now that it's up to 42. Here's, here's another question I had when I looked at this game. If you put right now, today, on a neutral field, Baltimore and Green Bay, who's the favorite? Uh, the, the odds maker, uh, according to the odds makers poll, I think they would have Green Bay a, a little ahead of Baltimore. Okay, this is, this is my point. That's what I would say is Green Bay would be favored over Baltimore. Correct. Then if you dig deeper, you look the Green Bay and Baltimore played, albeit it was at Green right, Bay. Right. Green Bay beat, beat them. If you look at this game, last week Pittsburgh ended up minus two to Green Bay. Correct. Now they got they opened this one the the same yeah. and now it's up to three. So they're uh, but you also did they really beat Green Bay? You know, is is also you know you got to add that to the equation. You know, did they really beat Green Bay? I mean, sure, on the final score they did, but everybody saw that. They keep showing it over and over, so it's in people's head how Pittsburgh really barely escaped with a victory. They did, but in my opinion, they're making you pay a premium here. 
you know, with the Pittsburgh, uh, you know, side. Always, I mean, always. You know, the future line on this game was, and, and both, you know, Baltimore was supposed to be a little worse than they were last year. Pittsburgh was supposed to be, they won the, the Super Bowl, yeah. so you can't be better. Yeah. You know, you could only be worse, but the same. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll settle for the same. Um, so far, obviously, Baltimore's done what they're expected to be, 8-6, and six, pretty much what, you know, no surprise there. Pittsburgh's the huge surprise, um, you know, and they, and they opened it three points less. So, uh, to be honest with you, I think the the line is pretty right here. I, I like Pittsburgh. I'll tell you the truth. I like the Pittsburgh side in this game. According to uh, the odds makers' ratings on a neutral field, he says Baltimore's is two points better than Pittsburgh. So add in home field, and Pittsburgh's got a strong home field. They got a strong history against Baltimore. Um, you would make them what? Two, what right. they opened though. Well, see, here's, here's what I'm doing. If you make the comparison to the Green Bay game, the line is right. If we both agree Green Bay would be a small favorite over Baltimore, then this line's correct right. today. But if you go to the first meeting, meeting. and – Baltimore was seven and a half. Now, granted, it was without Dixon. You know, it was without Ben. Dixon started. If you do the three-point switch just on that, it you know it still leaves Baltimore a one you know one or one and a half point favorite in Pittsburgh, which that wouldn't happen. Right. Then you factor in Ben. How many points was Ben worth? And you know, they only have this at three. So they're saying that Ben's were you know Ben's worth. Four points, five points, which is what they they ended up doing in that first game because there never was a line on that first game. Pittsburgh they and, wouldn't and put it out, remember? Because it was a Sunday night, and, and it was anywhere from seven and a half to nines. Even were out there. I remember that night. Uh, my concern is that anytime you have Pittsburgh at three or under three, you're you're basically at home. At, at home. You're basically asking pick the winner, and. The fact that they almost beat Baltimore with, with without a quarterback that, that never played before. That never before. That, that's that the only thing that, look- that, that scares me a little bit, too. Um, and that's why I'm saying the public perception. Um, but, I mean, there's so much strong support for Pittsburgh. Just the series alone. I mean, the home team has dominated, man. They've won eight of the last ten. Right. I mean, you know, that... That's a when they play that as many times as these two play. That's a trend that has merit. It does. Um, two of one, the last four went to overtime. Yeah. So I mean, these two teams are going to give you a close game. And, it'll be entertaining. And that's what I'm saying. I could see people grabbing the points with Baltimore, and I could see others saying, you know, Pittsburgh at home in more or less like you said, win the game, I get paid situation. So I'm telling you, there's going to be two-way action in the, this game. The, concern, the other concern is that the Steeler defense, and this will be the last thing that we'll wrap this one up, that the Steeler defense is so bad right now. I mean, they miss Troy so yeah, much. And I'm telling you, the rumors, I'm hearing it, people saying he might, he's going to play this week. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, you heard it, he's not playing. Mm-hmm. I, I am telling you for, for sure, for definite, Everyone I've talked to that's pretty sharp and, and knows their injury reports says, don't even factor him in there in your work. He's yeah. not going to play. You know, I, I hope it, that's the case. This is how bad the, you know, the Steeler defense is playing right now. Mike Tomlin with the lead, he had a two-point lead and like four minutes to go right. in the game, just scored the go-ahead field goal, elected to do an onside kick right, to right. try to get the ball back. 
I mean, he got crucified, and they would have gotten it. I mean, it was well executed, except was, the guy grabbed it at the nine and a half yard instead of, the 10. You know, instead of letting it go ten yards. But um, definitely some problems there with the the defense. I officially have no no play on this game. You got to lean to Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, I definitely have a lean to Pittsburgh. So that's going to be uh, the Pittsburgh Baltimore. And uh, next up, we're going to be looking at uh, a big game. It's going to be my free pick. We'll be looking at Denver Philadelphia. Uh, we're this is segment number four of six, and we're going to take a look at the Denver Broncos at the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. Vegas runner, tell us the line. Good game. Uh, we got Philly opened up as an eight-point home favorite and as high as nine, but plus 115. I didn't understand that. But uh, t- two offshore books opened up Philly at nine, but plus 115. So uh, I, I couldn't tr- figure out which way they thought you know, the, the wise guys were going to come in or what they were trying to protect. Obviously, they didn't want anyone taking plus nine, mm-hmm. but did they think they were going to lay it? That didn't make sense to me. So pretty much the rest went ahead and did eight and a half and uh, total 41 and a half. As of this morning, we're looking at Philly seven across the board and the total still 41 and a half. So absolutely no movement on the total, but we have seen some money come in on the Denver side which is uh, a little surprising the way Philly's been playing and the way Denver's been playing. Well, this is going to be my official free pick in this game, and, you know, it's a huge game for both teams. Um, playoff implications for both. Um, both teams are in, right now, good position to make the playoffs. Uh, Philadelphia controls their own destiny to win the AFC, or the NFC East, yeah. and Denver controls their own destiny And, and, and Philly's 4-1 in the division, right. so I mean, they, they got it waiting for them. And Denver controls their own destiny for a wild card. Card, yeah. Uh, huge game. I've got to say that this line move, uh, I already was looking to the Denver side, and when I saw the line move make that big hit, from you like half, it so even more? I like it even more because, you know, we've, we've talked about this time and time again that, you know, the wise guys, when it comes to betting dogs, generally they're betting dogs late, uh, not early. And uh, the fact that this game got hit early, they had a number that they wanted. Did we lose value? Of course we did. I mean, anytime you could get eight or eight and a half. Above now, the seven, sure. And now sure. we're only getting seven. But the thing is, it's still, it's, it, you know, we can't lose the bet. Now, if we go to six and a half, then you've lost all value because now you're below the touchdown. You've got to get seven on the game. And I think you will get seven. And I think you'll see maybe a, a slight buyback to seven and a half later in the week. Be- before kickoff. Yeah, the future line on this game was eight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Denver wasn't supposed to be that good this year. If anything, remember, Orton was supposed to be a downgrade. The right. fans didn't want him. They were upset Cutler left, right. and look what Cutler's done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm, where Orton's been great. The guy, 3,200 yards, 62% completion percentage, 17 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, so his ratio is 2-1 to one in touchdowns to INTs. He's having a great year, and this Denver team, who wasn't supposed to do anything, I think they got to be satisfied sitting at eight and six and controlling their destiny. I mean, they're going to want to have to keep up with Baltimore if Baltimore is able to get past Pittsburgh. If not, 
then this game's even bigger because right. then they'll really jump ahead, you know. And Denver's six and five against the AFC; they're three and two in their division. So I mean, this is a big game for them. And I wasn't surprised that the wise guys grabbed the points with Denver. And I I believe it was more of a handicap um, on their part than even had to do with just number value because number value on a neutral field. I mean, what are you going to make Philly? Philly's got to be three, four, four points better than Denver, if not more. LVSC says Philly's five points better than Denver on a neutral field. And that's why I guess the odds makers brought it out at eight. Well, I think right now the public perception on Philly is as high as it could possibly be. The way they've been scoring. They're scoring a ton of points. They're blowing people out. But two things that I'm going to point out. Now, normally, when you hear me say a line looks high, I'm going to end up on the favorite. But I'm not going to do that this time because the public is reacting to this. And Vegas is posting the number on public perception, not true value. And the public perception is Philly won big again last week. Denver had a horrible game against Oakland. So they're going to look at that one game and say, you know, they're going to bet against Denver. They're not going to win any parts of them. My whole thing is right now, if you put Philly and Indianapolis on a neutral field, are you going to tell me that Philadelphia is a favorite over Indianapolis on a neutral field? No, they're on the Indianapolis is top two in the, Absolutely. In, the, in the NFL. Well, just two weeks ago, Denver went to Indianapolis and was only getting six and exactly. a half. Exactly. And, and, and they opened this game up at eight. You know, absolutely the, the wise guys are going to come in and grab, Phil, grab Denver plus the points. And I'm going to do it too. And looking further at the Philadelphia, when I dig deep, they're scoring points and they're blowing people out. But really, let's look at what they've done. The last three games in particular – they went into Atlanta. Atlanta was without uh, Ryan, the quarterback. They, you know, that was a lopsided victory. Emotional game for the Vic, Eagles yeah, the with whole. Vic going back to Atlanta. So that, you know, that game's not as impressive after the fact as it was when you just look at the score. The very next week, they beat the Giants in a shootout. Now the Giants weren't playing good ball, but the Giants outplayed them in that game and it was turnovers that yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, killed yeah, them yeah, in a punt return and, and Philadelphia capitalized on it and last week they played San Francisco and they, they couldn't have caught San Francisco in an absolute worst who scenario. I thought was going to backdoor them there for a while they did they made the run in the second half but you had Frisco coming off a Monday night upset win over Arizona right have to travel to the east coast where there was a snowstorm right and, and play on a short week against a hot Philadelphia club. I mean, the last three games have been impressive for Philly, but when you really dig deep, is it that impressive? It's not even that the wins haven't been that impressive. It's when you look at them statistically, they're an average team. I mean, for a 10-4 and four team, statistically, they're average, Marco, especially on defense. I mean, they're 14th against the pass. You know, they're, they're in the top 15 against the run. They're 15th in points allowed. I mean, that's mediocre at best. And even offensively, you know, they might be top 10 in passing, but with Westbrook having the season he's having with the concussions, and they're saying he's cleared for this game, that he is expected to play this game, that's you know, the rumors. But with this line going down, I think the wise guys are saying Westbrook won't play. Since I like the the 
Denver side, I'm kind of hoping he does play because just the announcement of Westbrook would get us back to what the wise guys got. And that's what I'm hoping happens. And that's why this is one of them games I'm going to wait till game day and see because they're saying Westbrook's been cleared. And if anything, you know, this is his last season. Any way you cut it, even if he wants to come back, the Eagles won't take him back. I mean, the concussion thing has just gone too far now where it's become dangerous for him, you know, and and Philly won't want that liability anyway. So, uh, I mean, I hope he plays. We're going to get that line value if he does. If he doesn't play, Philly's 21st in rushing the ball. You know, while Denver's second against the pass. So they'll be able to defend Philly's pass. And if Philly can't have any success running, this is a game where Denver could very easily be right there to to possibly upset this team, if not cover the number. Well, I like them, and this is my official free pick. We're going to go with Denver plus the points. Um, I agree. You've been following me on my free picks. Uh, We won last week. We had the under in the Philadelphia game. Uh, last week we're 13 and four with the free picks, so uh, let's keep that streak rolling along. And my official free pick on the game is Denver plus the points. And it is a big game for Philly too. Be you know they're only one up on Dallas, right? So. And they play and they played Dallas the right, last week right. of the season. So uh, I'm I'm going to go ahead and take Denver. I think it's going like to be play, it. played like plus a, seven, plus pl- seven, plus but a, wait, but like wait, a, wait on that number. like a playoff game. Okay, uh, coming up next, we're going to have segment five of six, and that will be Minnesota at Chicago. Be sure to check that out. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. This is segment number five of six. Big game preview. We're going to look at Minnesota at Chicago. And VR, as you always do, give us the numbers. Uh, I'm sure uh, the NFL and ABC, C- I mean uh, ESPN, was hoping this would be a much more meaningful game. I mean, you had Minnesota, Chicago Monday night this late in the season, uh, but it just didn't work out that way. Minnesota is a seven and a half point road favorite. That's what they opened up at with a total of 42. That's what they still are at, but the total dipped down to 41. Um, so we're looking at a big road favorite here. I went back out of curiosity to see what was the future number on this game. Can you believe Chicago was minus two and a half? Wow. So this is a 10-point swing, you know, in a wow. matter of two and a half months in the National Football League. How fortunes change, you know. And uh, I guess they were expecting Jay Cutler to have a much better season than he's having. Well, uh, you know, when you look at this game... Well, anytime you look at a Minnesota game, it seems like there's got to be a headline with Brad Favre. And now with and, Childress. I, I mean, I'll <laughs> tell you what. From the day you start playing sports, whether it's peewee league football or wherever, you know, the coach is the coach. <laughs> yeah, you, got, you, you know that going in. You know, you, know, you know his job going in, you know. I, I just What surfaced out of Minnesota this weekend is just mind-boggling. But, but let me tell you why. Let me tell you why Childress deserved this, okay? It all goes back to how Favre landed in Minnesota. Childress left practice. He leaves the team at practice to go to the airport to pick up Brett Favre. Can you picture Belichick leaving <laughs> practice to go pick up a free agent signee 
at the airport. Wow. You're telling your team right there who's more important, Favre or, or me. You know, I mean, he laid it. I mean, you make your bed, brother, you lay in it. He brought that to him. He didn't let Favre know from day one who's the boss. So that's why this team is going nowhere in the playoffs. That's why I'm so glad the Saints lost on Sunday, <laughs> last, I mean, last Saturday. And, uh, you know, everybody talking Minnesota, 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 they're playing their worst ball this season. It's too hard to turn it on and off. I don't think this team's going to go too far in the playoffs. Well, once again, um, you know, whether it's a coincidence or not, uh, Brett Favre's team, you know, now has lost two out of three. When it matters. We're in the month of December. And this year, you can't blame it on on a bad arm, tired arm and whatever because – 3,600 yards and 68% completions, 27 touchdowns, 7 INTs, 104 quarterback rating. Yeah, we, you know, <laughs> he, he's not throwing the ball. You know, it's not like last year when he was playing in the cold every week. Yeah. And he was, you know, the Jets were relying solely on his arm because they had no running game. Last time I looked, you had a guy named Adrian Peterson in the back. And, and he hasn't done nothing in weeks, in weeks. You know, and all of a sudden, at the beginning of the season, that offensive line was was making gaping holes. For I could Peterson. have been the running back. And and Brett Favre was you know it was like he was playing flag football. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden now he's getting drilled you know like Sunday and the reason the Childress wanted to get him out of there to protect him, it, it's a bad situation. I, I'm you know to make a bet. I have officially no lean in this game at this I, point. How many primetime games? Are they going to lose in a row? Now they've lost two straight. You know, they had lost against Arizona on Sunday Night Football. They lost to Carolina on Sunday Night Football. And now they're on Monday night. You know, if it wasn't for that win against uh, early in the season when they beat Green Bay on Monday Night Football, the books would be ecstatic with the 11-3 and Minnesota Vikings because every week, the batters are at the window. Minnesota needs to make a statement game before they get into the playoffs. And, and on the road, because they're only four and three, man, on the road. They're one game above 500. We know playoff football, you got to be able to, to, to win on the road, possibly sometimes, and you got to be able to run the ball, and they're doing neither. The, the problem is, is do you, you know, do you want to make a bet on Chicago? Yeah. Six, yeah. St- six straight games where they've scored 21 or less points. Jay Cutler is the human tur- uh, he's the human turnover. I mean, for all what those a people bust for Chicago. You, you flash back to August when all you know all this was unfolding with uh, Rex Cutler. Grossman now looks good. That <laughs> the people in Denver were screaming, "You're trading the franchise away." Yeah, yeah. In Chicago, supposedly the only could get rid of the, wait to get rid of KO. The, yeah, they couldn't. Plus, the only missing link to the Bears was they never had a quarterback. Quarterback, yeah. And so now everybody had you know they had their dream come true, and he has been downright horrible. Losing game single, it's not. He it's not. He's not playing well. It's he's single handedly losing the games, putting his team in a position where they can't win, where, I mean, if every other position plays well, if the defense shows up one game or the running game shows up one game, it's going to mean nothing because he's going to turn the ball over and cost you points. I mean, he, he's pick six in it. He's not just... Yeah, you they're, know, not, they're not just your run-of-the-mill yeah. interceptions. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're going back, whoa, where'd that yeah, one go? Exactly, <laughs> you're looking with a guy field. doing a touchdown dance within seven seconds. Yeah, well, uh, for me, uh, I'm, I'm passing the game at this point. 
Uh, yeah, it's a t- I haven't passed on Monday Night Football yet, and and people it has nothing to do. It's the funniest thing. It has nothing to do with selling my plays. Mm. I've always bet Monday Night Football, and I believe you have some of the biggest advantages on these primetime games because they're so geared towards public perception because they get the most public action. Absolutely. So I think I get my biggest edge on them games. So I'm always looking to bet a Monday night, a Thursday night, a TV game. Make a long story short, this is the first time I honestly don't even have a lean because I went back and saw the first game and what did I see? Minnesota dominated them. It could have been 100 times worse, Marco. 31 first downs to eight. I mean, they totally shut them down. Favre almost threw for 400 yards and three touchdowns. And if Peterson can't run against this defense, they're in trouble. I mean, this defense is so bad against the run, and this is it's got to be a breakout week for him. But how do you Chicago, lay points seven and a half with Minnesota on the road? The Chicago defense has no heart since Urlacher got hurt. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, and, and like you said, teams are running the ball, and they're running it right, right up, up, the, up gut, the gut. Right up right the up gut. Right up the gut, Adam. So, I mean, it, this is a tough ball game for Monday. You know, the, the way is. to go may you know may be to look at the total. That's what I was saying. Maybe you know, the lean might be to the total. But, you know, again, you're talking December football in Chicago. Um, you know, the total come down a point. You Weather know, will you most gotta, likely be a factor at you, night. You got you got to wait and you know wait till For Monday sure. and look at the total. Make sure the weather you know is there. But on the flip side, you know, if I'm Childress, in uh, that that situation happened with uh, Favre, Favre. Yeah, the every single play that would have been I would have been calling from the bench would have been a running play. You don't want to come out of the game. I want to take you out because you're getting hit. I'd, I'd have called. 14 straight running right plays. Right up the, yeah, yeah. Hand off up the middle. Peterson yeah, left, Peterson right. Peterson you know, left, Peterson Because it's just right. ridiculous. But, you know, everybody knows. I mean, and, and again, Dude, I've been a big... went to the airport, man. <laughs> what else do you need to know? I, used I don't to be pick up my guy. wife from the airport <laughs> when she comes home. No, I mean a bad thing. But, I mean, this, you're going to go pick up a damn player, dude? You're going to leave practice to go pick up oh, a player? Could you imagine? All right. Well, that's uh, going to wrap up uh, this segment. Uh, no official free pick here. Uh, next up, we're going to be looking at a Tuesday bowl game. It's the Champ Sports Bowl with Wisconsin in Miami of Florida. This is segment six of six. Big game preview. We're going to do the Champ Sports Bowl, and it is Wisconsin versus Miami of Florida. As we do all the time, let's go to the man in the streets, Vegas runner. Okay, this one's in Orlando, Florida. So it's uh, not a home game for Miami, but definitely an advantage. Although Wisconsin, known to travel well. We know that from Vegas because they come out here to play UNLV. And, I mean, Mm. it's cheeseheads galore in this city (laughs) for the three, four days. Forget about it. Um, Do they go to the strip clubs with the cheese hat? Cheesehead hats on when they come out here. Yeah, yeah, some do, dude. Believe it or not, believe it or not, there's some proud people in Wisconsin. Um, this one's an interesting game. You got two nine and three teams, but Wisconsin's 25th in the BCS. Miami's 15th in the BCS. This line opened up. Miami only one and a half, with the total of 56 and a half. And right away we saw money come in on Miami. As of today. It's gone above the key number of three. It's at three and a half, and the total's up to 58. Uh, Now, we're seeing significant move on the Miami side. Um, 
going above that key number of three and three. But what I want to stress is that when it comes to bowl games, there's so much money bet that they're more prone to come off a key number than any other time. And we've seen that already. They've gone through some key numbers, through some key totals, because like I said, there's a lot of money bet on these games, and they're not going to keep taking a hit at three and adjusting juice. They're going to move the number. Correct me if I'm wrong, but my feeling on that, why they'll do that, is even though this thing has, like you said, has moved through that key number of three, these lines were posted so early that they get some bet money but right. they don't get really a ton of big money because the games when they first put the lines out there may be almost a month before the games played there could be suspensions exactly and and not the, you you hit it right on the head and i know what you're where you're going with that and you're 100 percent right as a runner we did not take big positions early on bowl games. You're absolutely right. That, you, from your knowledge of following lines and stuff, you pick that up. That's awesome. Um, that's true. We did not take big positions on, on sides and sometimes not even on totals. On totals more because, you know, especially when te- games were in a dome or mm-hmm. in good weather cities, you could take advantage if the total was way off. Right. But as far as sides, so much could happen. Like you said, with injuries, with suspensions, if you take too big of a position, you might be stuck with it and not be able to get off it. And that's why we wouldn't. And that's why you're absolutely right. The late money is so much more important I, than the early money. I think more than anything, more more than injuries, I think it seems like every year there's always one or two teams that That's, gets hit. That five, so, six guys screw up. Yeah. Get, you know, because, I mean, let's face it. They're out these drinking, are, these, are, these are college kids. They're on the road. A bowl game is, in essence, even though this is big business, a bowl game is, in essence, a, bo- a, you know, a bonus for you, a vacation for yeah, you. Yeah, it's their prize. It's it, their it, prize. You know, it's what you worked all year for. Sure. And most of these bowl games take place between... Winning's the cherry on top. Yeah, between know? Christmas... In New Year's, probably the biggest party week for sure, sure. for twenty year olds. They're at you know, they're done their finals yeah. too. I mean, so, come on. Yeah, things happen. But getting down to this game, nuts and bolts, we have a situation that you've got Wisconsin, Big Ten school. Big Ten schools have not fared well in no, recent and years. No, no respect. So I think that's why you're seeing some of the early line movement. Yeah, with, and, and, where people are going to just. They're going to bet blindly against the Big Ten. And just on ranking alone. You see the 15th team in the nation playing around the corner from their home against the 25th team. You know, that alone should warrant at least three, three and a half, four. I was surprised when it opened up at one and a half. And I'm upset I didn't get down on that number knowing that I'd at least have a three, four point middle by kickoff. I mean, you know, because I like we always tell stress to our um, followers. Always look to work middles. Always look to work hedges. Always work look to to scalp games. You know, it, it's a market. Work it like a market. And this is one of them games you could have definitely do done that. I think there are though a little different nine and three teams. The biggest thing that stuck out to me once again is strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. Miami played one of the most difficult schedules in the country. Sixteenth, but. As according to Bob Sagarin, who I follow for strength of schedule, he's very good with that. And Wisconsin, 71st. So, I mean, they had a pretty easy schedule, which 
they played in the Big Ten, and Again, that's what you'd expect. Right. They don't get the respect. They're a weaker conference nowadays than they were. And, and more surprising, this Miami team went 9-3 and three with a sophomore quarterback. I mean, you know, that's a, they had an impressive season. They outperformed what anyone's There's, expectations coming in were. No question, and, that, and that's my point. Even though Miami's fallen off the, the national prominence yeah, yeah, level yeah. the last few years, they're, they're making their way back. They had a good year. But... How exciting is it to go to the Champs Sports Bowl? They don't leave the state. And no, I know there's no. a lot of people that say, oh, okay, they're playing in the same state, so they're going to have the crowd advantage. I don't know that that is such an advantage for a big school to, you know, to not leave the state. I mean, this is supposed to be a reward for the yeah, kids. Yeah, for a great season. So I'm going to question motivation on the Miami side. I will say both teams come into the bowl game on a roll. They both yeah, won four yeah. of their last five games. There's one stat that I have here that really sticks out like a sore thumb, and it's a big negative to Wisconsin. They just don't play many games on grass. And over the last three years, they've played 12 times on grass. They're only 2-10 and 10 against the spread. Um, so that's something of a concern in they this game. They are a dog in this one, and they were probably a dog in most of them yeah. because they were on the road, correct? Correct. Motivation. I think you've got a huge motivational edge on the Wisconsin side, and here's why. I already said about Florida not leaving, you know, Miami not leaving the state of Florida. Wisconsin got blown out last year against an ACC yeah, team. Yeah. Florida State drilled them Destroyed last year. Destroyed them. You, it, I like to look at teams that lost in bowls last year, especially if it was an embarrassing loss, because they don't want. You know, I mean, who especially wants to go to when the they have a lot of returning game? players too that were in that game. So um, you got some motivation for Wisconsin. I think that might get them here. I think you've got the public perception factor. I think we're getting a benefit on the line, and I think the line's only going to go higher. I agree. Closer to game day, and again, we're taping on Wednesday, so this game's a full week out before the game's played. Um, myself, I've got a lean here. No official play for me on this game, but right now I've got a lean to Wisconsin plus the points. I, I like that side a little. My lean was coming in, and this was going to be the free pick. Um, my lean, until we we cl- closed Houston while mm. taping, um, <laughs> I'll give you this. I, I like the over mm. because you look at these two teams and you think Wisconsin and you think Miami and you think defense. But when you break down their seasons, these teams scored some points. Wisconsin's 21st in NCAA football in scoring this year. Miami, 27th in scoring. So both these teams could put up points. And that's why I think we saw the wise guys jump on 56 and a half right away. I made my true line 60 for this game. Wow. So I think there's still value here. Okay. Um, I, I think this line is going to climb. I wouldn't be surprised if it went off at 60-61. So I, I got a, a strong lean to the over, and I agree with you. I think the value's on the Wisconsin well, side. there you have it. We've got Vegas Runner with a lean to the over. You've got Marco D'Angelo with a lean to Wisconsin. Neither one of those are our official free picks uh, for this podcast. Um, that's going to wrap up another great uh, show. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, it'll be New Year's week. Uh, next week we'll be uh, you know, preparing for New Year's Eve. This will be my first New Year's Eve in Las Vegas. Oh, boy. So we'll have, some, uh, we'll have some excitement, maybe some stories on our show this week in <laughs> Vegas. Uh, 
This is Marco D'Angelo. Merry Christmas. He's Vegas Runner. Hope you guys have a happy holiday. We'll be back next week. Best of luck with all of your selections.